do you worry? One of the worst things is to lay in bed and know that you need to go to sleep. Yeah, feel like you need to go to sleep and not be able to go to sleep. Then you start to feel anxious. <clears throat> That's right. And you're like, One, I just two go in the sleep. morning. Can I go to sleep? Especially when you have you... a big day the next day. <clears throat> exactly. And then you do the math about okay, if I fall asleep now, <laughs> right? I'll get. I'll still get yeah. four hours. That's kind of okay, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. I've started sleeping without my clock. Huh? Like I have no clock, okay. no <laughs> clue what time it is, and I don't look. Do you like Do you have an alarm? I think it's better to not I feel look. Like I'm if, you wake better. Up, if you wake up in the middle, I think it's better to not look. I hmm. never look. Do you have an alarm? <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so I set my phone, clock. but I used to always have like an alarm. Like I could see, I mean, sorry, a clock, and I could always see what time it is. Yeah, like I wake up at 3, it's like, oh, it's 3. The and now I have there. no idea. It's just dark. Welcome to Curious Church Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us. Let's do a little bit of introductions around the table. Hi, Aaron Antone here. I'm Matt Timms. I'm Sam Gutierrez. And I'm Jay Wilson. Whoa, new voice. What? <laughs> Where did he come from? <laughs> that was our, that, that sultry, sexy voice was Jay mm, Wilson. Been working to cultivate that, so. It's good. Yeah. I sometimes listen to my voice on recording, and it's really high. I feel like it's really high. High pitched? Yeah, high pitched. Huh. And I wish, I wish it was lower, but it's not. Anyway, I, I'm anyway. sympathetic. I've been, you know, I've listened to these episodes before putting them up and mm-hmm. uh, definitely thought I need to work on a little bit of my, my radio voice here. Hmm. Really? I think you have the best voice. Oh, you know, yeah, don't never content. I think Matt has the best voice. Aaron probably is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I have second best, I think. I'm just going to put myself in second place. That's generous of you because usually you put yourself <laughs> in first. I know. Yeah. I know. Well, I'm going to let Jay introduce himself because he could probably say it better. Yeah. Well, hello. Here I am. This is Jay. Um, <clears throat> a little bit about me. I'm a dad. I've got two kids, two boys, six and two and a half years old. My voice is a little bit raspy, so it's not the sexy raspy voice that you're going for. <clears throat> a little You've bit done a lot of it. talking the past couple of days. Done a lot of talking. Um, <clears throat> see, I'm a pastor on staff at City Church in San Francisco, and I'm a therapist in the counseling center there. So kind of love the interplay of psychology and theology and seeing how those intersect with one another and having conversations about that. That's great. Well, I don't, tell us something else that we, that we don't know. I mean, there's lots we don't know about. Something you, you don't but... know about me. Uh, I have a dog. His oh. name is Buddy. Have you seen the, the TV show Lassie? Airbud. Oh, so Buddy is Airbud would be cool. He was Airbud, but he's 12 years old now, so <laughs> he's grounded Bud <laughs> <laughs> at this point. Sleepy um, Bud. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's like a he's a Sheltie, so he's like a miniature Lassie, mm, and we cool. have maybe six fish now. So new mm. fish project the past year, we got a free fish tank and, um, are these tropical fish? These are tropical fish. fish. Ooh, we okay. did not get into the saltwater realm because okay. I hear that's, yeah. it's complex. It's complex stuff. Huh. And we're looking for not complex, okay. but we've had a lot of fish death. So are you into pretty fish? Common. Are the kids into fish? Are you wife into fish? You know, um, kids, Isaac, Mike is not quite old enough to kind of really know about it yet. Yeah. Isaac was really into it. And I was into it. I'm not going to lie. I've kind of taken over the fish a little bit um, <laughs> in some ways. So not trying to live vicariously through my kids, you know, when I can. But yeah, um, yeah it's a thing. Perfect. Well, we're going to hear more from Jay in just a little bit. Jay's been hanging out at Granite Springs Church. He did a workshop Saturday morning. Um, I think you did a little bit of a, like extra post-workshop work. A little Q&A. A little Q&A. And then, um, and then you preached 
twice this morning at Granite mm-hmm. Springs Church. So, yep. and now for the pinnacle, yes. the climactic event. Yes. This is <laughs> Curious Church the, Podcast. Yeah, the podcast. So, anyways, we're excited to hear from you, and we're going to do a little segment with Jay in just a little bit. But first, we're going to do a little segment we like to call "I Like It." <laughs> Uh, the thing I like this time is Superman. Big fan of Superman. Do you have Superman underwear? You know, strangely, I do. <laughs> uh, I, not, I was going to, is he going to answer honestly? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have not worn this Superman underwear. I think it's actually Superman versus Batman underwear. Oh, do you have them on right now? Uh, no, I just, I literally just said that I have not worn this underwear, uh, so I'm not wearing it what right now. What about right now? Do you have them on now? <laughs> no, no. Uh, I got into Superman watching the show Smallville, which was on in the two, 2000s, the aughts, I guess. Uh, and I'm reading a biography of Superman right now, which is sort of a history of Superman. Here's my interesting fact. How do you think they got Superman out of World War II. Because there's a draft. How do you get uh, a superhero who is completely eligible to go fight in the military to not oh. go? I never. I always figured he was kind of born in the 80s. Oh, no, no, no. He's uh, he's born in, during the Great Depression is when the character oh, comes really? first yeah, that's to That's really life. interesting. I'm so. guessing he had uh, some sort of medical condition. Like, Right, like he couldn't see. Like he had flat glasses feet. or something. Oh, flat- well, that's a good guess. <laughs> he had so flat feet. It is visually. He, uh, he only had one kidney. He was colorblind. So the way, not colorblind. The way uh-huh. it worked is because you can't have him going to war because then Superman should just wrap everything up in a day, and then the troops who are reading the Superman comics are pretty demoralized. So what they did is they had when he went in to have his vision test, his X-ray vision kicks in, and he reads like the the letters that are in the next testing booth over. So he completely fails the I hate test. When that happens. Yeah, you know, it's it's a pretty regular occurrence for most of us. Uh, and that way he failed the test, didn't have to go to war and could still protect truth, justice and the American way at home. That's what, that's my thing. Superman. I like Superman. I like it. I like many many things. But today I will talk about a fun little game called miniature golf. Mm. which is just something i like (laughs) (laughs) matt's just looking at me like he's confused or he's angry no have you played recently uh no i haven't but can you give us a history of mini golf (laughs) how did did miniature golf stay out of world war ii that's really what i want to know okay i don't know anything about miniature golf really i have no idea how it got started but i remember just warm memories around it growing up like we'd go as a family sometimes or whatever it was just always it's there's something strange about it would you win? Uh, I don't remember winning, but it's just fun. Like you're trying to like, especially the um, the volcano Ooh. one. Oh, so that got one. Ant hills. So yeah, yeah ant hills or volcanoes where you have to those get are exciting. it like up. Yeah, up and down. In anyways, those are really hard, but they're just so fun. There's something magical about it. Like you're hitting it into castles and over moats and around corners, and there's angles, and it's like the whole thing is this um, this sense of play. So it's like it's like mm. not too serious although there is usually a someone trying to win you're keeping score but i don't know it's kind of dark in there and you yeah usually it's indoors but well it can be outdoors too but i I have have never played on an indoor miniature golf course 
I was, uh, there's one down in Southern California where there's two indoor ones and then there's an outdoor one. There's one in San Francisco. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Indoor? Indoor. Yeah. Huh. That's really yeah. cool. So then it's kind of dark in there and then there's kind of spotlights and anyways. Oh, really but fun. the scariest part as a kid is when you hit that final one and it goes into the hole and it doesn't come out. That's <laughs> <laughs> just an existential <laughs> moment. There's a finality to that where I mean, it's like, I, I know what you mean. I, gr I always grieve a little bit like, okay, there's, it's one thing to have your round be over, but now it's like really over. Yeah. And you just kind of look at the hole yeah. and it's gone. <laughs> it's just gone and you can't get it back. How about we do it together? We all play miniature golf yeah. together? Sure. Yeah, we can do that. Okay. Report back. Okay. Should we bring apples along? <laughs> <laughs> no red delicious, please. Those are the worst. <laughs> I like it. All right. Uh, let's, let's turn to Jay. Jay, what do you like? I like to fish. <clears throat> Probably one of my favorite things to do. So I grew up in Florida on the coast. Mm. And um, <clears throat> college, Which coast, the Gulf or the Atlantic? Uh, Atlantic, but I love the the Gulf is probably my favorite. Um, <clears throat> so grew up in Jacksonville. Many memories as a kid, pure fishing with my dad, and then my grandparents live pure fishing, pure fishing. Oh, pure, pure. Are oh, they said pure? <laughs> I said, there's a southern. You have there's a little, little southern, and little southern accent. accent. Yeah. I was like pure fishing. Whoa! <laughs> pure fishing. At least other is, guys are not doing it right. It is untainted. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> so oh, Jesus fished. <laughs> oh, Jesus fished. Um, and then my grandfather, they lived on a hundred acre farm, and so they had a little pond on their farm. So lots of trips to visit them to go fishing. But college is when it really took off. And so my buddy and I, my buddy, and maybe I shouldn't say this, but I will say this, he used his student loan money to buy John boats. And so we'd get a boat, we'd fix it up, we'd flip it, <clears throat> sell it and get another boat. And then during the week what we'd do is we'd go into the Gulf and we would go what I call saltwater flats fishing. So it's six to eight feet of water, crystal clear. That's why it's pure. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you sight fish. And so redfish, trout. Um, I could go away for four hours and feel like I was gone for a weekend. So it's just really refreshing, relaxing. And then when it gets too hot, the water's warm enough, you can jump in and snorkel around for a little bit, <clears throat> hop out and fish more if you want to. So lots of good nice. memories. Yeah. Around that. I would actually say I love fishing, but this is like it. So I tried to... Yeah. Mm. You know, to have it down, keep it to a light, down. to yeah. a light category. And so with the boat thing, you were like, you know, buying a boat, fixing it up, selling it for more, and then kind of upping the boat game You know, as you're going along. I don't know that we were that good. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like buy it's the like, boat, paint it, By the end, you had a motor. yacht. Yeah. <laughs> we had a, like, 100-foot yacht. <laughs> we started with a canoe. I think it was more like buy more fishing stuff oh, okay. to go gotcha. in the boat. Yeah. I like it. Over the summer, we had uh, a whole house fan installed. Oh, those are awesome. So uh, if you don't know what that is, it's um, in the summers here are, are really hot, but it often cools off at night. And so instead of running your AC all night long, you just grab that cool air from the nighttime. So as soon as like the sun sort of starts to go down, turn off the AC, open all the windows. and turn Not the AC, t turn on the fan. Well, you turn off the AC. Oh, off the AC. Yeah. yeah. Open all the windows. Then you turn on this whole house fan, and it does what it says. It cools the whole house by pulling in all the outside air and then uh, shooting the hot air out through the attic vents. It's very satisfying to do. This one's, like, super powerful, I guess. So you can stand by a window and just be like... <laughs> as the air rushes like, in. Rip your shirt off. Rip your pants off. 
You're left there in your Superman <laughs> underwear <laughs> with a cape on. Capes flapping in the wind. So we've been using this thing all summer, and I love it. And then, um, it's even though it's been cooling down, I still used it the other day because I burned something in the oven, and now the house is oh, oh like sweet. filled with smoke. Oh, so this helpful. is another thing it does. As it pulls in the outside air, and, and you see it all out through the fan. So, like oh, when you do that, are you seeing where the the smoke is just heading straight to the fan? Yeah, or? yeah. You can you can just watch it go straight to the wow. Air. Do you just burn things for fun now, so you can see? <laughs> yeah. Well, I have had this backfire because the grill is kind of outside the back oh, door. Oh, so one time I was grilling, and I had the whole house fan on, and it sucked out in all the air. And the kids are in bed, and their smoke alarms went off. Oh no! <laughs> What's happening? So they all come down in their PJs. What would happen if you walked under the whole house fan and you had a toupee on? It would be cartoonish. I do think it would just go whoop. It would make that sound whoop. <laughs> would it rip off and fly into the fan? Yeah. And, oh. yeah I, I just want to point out, the point of the whole house fan is not to rip things off. It's <laughs> bring cool it's air. Remain close. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, I like our whole house fan. That's all. You know, Jay, yesterday you talked in the workshop a lot about how to, the whole topic was how to really care for people. Mm-hmm. And the way we pitched it to the church was, um, this is a skill not just for pastors and people who are in leadership, but this is just a kind of a life skill on how do we, how do we as friends, as neighbors, as brothers and sisters, as family members, as basically as human beings, how do we, how do we help create space mm-hmm. for people to be heard to feel like they're cared for. I mean, how do we care for people? And how do you do that best? Some of the practices that surround um, caring. So maybe you could say a little bit about that. Yeah. um, I think the first thing that comes to mind when we talk about maybe caring for people is, we touched on this briefly a little bit the other day, but we're really people of story. Mm. And so um, usually we encounter people that are in, going through a difficult time in their life and they want to grab a cup of coffee or have a conversation or they come over to your house and the kids go to bed. And so, you know, you're going to watch a football game, but you wind up talking about kind of what's going on in life. And um, inevitably what I begin to see is we really want to be known by people. We want people to know our story on a deep level and we want to know other people's story on a deep level. And um, usually there's this dance that begins to happen of things that get in the way, and so we test, is this a person I can talk to about this? Do they have the time for this? Um, Mm -hmm. We read body cues and body language about are their arms crossed, or, you know, do they feel like they're interested in what what I'm saying? And um, and I think what happens is when we are people in relationship that begin to make space, when we're people that begin to have real genuine curiosity for other people, a real interest in their life and in their story, it really begins to create a spaciousness for deeper relationship, intimacy, vulnerability to begin to happen with one another. And um, I think the reason we crave this is because this, in some ways, really resembles how we're made. So it goes back to our anthropology a little bit. If we're if we're people from a Christian perspective <clears throat> that are really made in the image of God, which is a Trinitarian image, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and there's this dance of relationship that they do with one another, then it comes naturally that as we see people and get to know people, as we experience people, there's a part of us that longs to be known as well and to know other people more deeply because it's it's in our DNA, right? It's in the fiber kind of, of, of who we are. And so there's natural desires and longings, I think, that lead us and tend us towards that way to kind of begin with. 
I love that. There's a, I, I'm, I'm feeling like when I read between the lines when, to hear you talking about that, it's almost like we, um, if we are going to care about other people more, we have to sort of care about ourselves less. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, you know, as that ties in with kind of one of the things I was thinking about, which is just, this is, I think, a pretty capturing vision, because like you say, like, this is something we want to share with people, and it's kind of built into us, but when I start to think about my reality and the reality of people around us, like we're so busy. I was talking to Q, our high school director here, and he was just telling me, he was just surprised at how busy like high school students are now. Like they just have a lot of activities, not necessarily bad things, but as you're talking about, you know, kind of a vision of what this could be like, it just strikes me like, oh man, where, where might that fit in my schedule? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, one of the things you said, Jay, is, is uh, yesterday in your workshop, you talked about slowing down. Mm -hmm. So this idea of like um, taking the time, slow down. And it's really hard to hear someone's story or to even take the time to be curious about their story if you're you know, going 100 miles an hour and, you're, <clears throat> and your schedule's like so full. So, I mean, it's, it's almost like you have to do a few things to kind of prepare yourself to be a person who can listen well. And one of them is slowing down. I really resonate with that. I mean, even in our culture, is always pushing us mm -hmm. to move faster, move further, do more, get more involved, have your kids get more involved. Mm -hmm. And um, I think what happens is we just become really distracted individuals. And we've kind of lost, we've lost the art or we've lost the, the significance of really cultivating, I think, deep connection with, with people. And um, there's things that you can't control, right? <clears throat> like your kids. Um, <clears throat> but to reflect, I know I can't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I want to pick up a little bit too on a point that was made earlier. Is I do think when we, it's it's easy to say, well, these things get in the in the way of what I want, and so if I focus on what I want, it feels selfish, and so that I don't have time for my kids. Um, what I liked about the I like it conversation that we had earlier is, I think when we actually begin to give ourselves to things that we enjoy. To genuine pleasure, to genuine enjoyment. Um, there are things that we can really find, not in escape in per se, but life in. It it makes spaciousness inside of us to actually be more present with the people that we meet with, and we might have a shorter amount of time to meet with them, but the significance of that time we have with them really changes and is more more meaningful. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I mean, when you're caring for people, I think sometimes you forget to care for yourself. And just even bringing up the topic can all of a sudden like raise the awareness of like, because when you were talking yesterday about self-care, I just had this little thought in my head, like, I need to take care of myself better. And it wasn't even though I didn't exactly know what to do, but it was just this sense of like, I got I to gotta pay more attention to taking care of myself so that I can be as healthy as I can. But that's such a slippery, like it can slip away from you so easily. One day you feel like, oh, I'm doing pretty good at self-care. And three days, four days later, you're totally tired. Mm -hmm. It can happen so quick. I'm, I'm curious too, though, because it seems like there's some kind of line that we have to balance, right? Because in some sense, I could say, well, self-care. And as an introvert, I'm less inclined towards people. And so suddenly, like I filled my week with, I don't know, reading about Superman. And uh, there's been no relationship in the name of self-care. Like, where where do you think that line is? How, like, in terms of balancing, because you want that health, but you also 
want to be engaged essentially with the world around you. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes is by a guy named David White. And um, <clears throat> he says the answer to exhaustion is not rest, but it's wholeheartedness. And um, I think, I know I've had this tendency in the past and, can, and still can, but there's a sense of like what we need to do then is to escape mm-hmm. or busy ourselves or distract ourselves. So we go on a vacation, right? We're gone for a week or two weeks. We come back and we don't really feel actually more rested, yeah. right? We feel more exhausted or about the same. And um, so there's not real life in there. So I think how do we care for ourselves? We begin to go, what are the things that actually give meaning in life? Um, one of the reasons I love fishing is because it creates a, there's something about being on the water, creates a spaciousness in my soul. Mm-hmm. So if I catch something that's great, I'd love to keep it. If I don't, there's just something about being out, away from the city, away from the buildings, away from the noise that um, is really spacious for me. That's a uh, that's restful and wholehearted in some way. You make my whole house fan seem kind of lame when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was what you shared was, was shallow <laughs> baloney. <laughs> it was bugs of baloney. Jay, you um, you know talking about story and, and that where you know oftentimes when you encounter someone um you're, you're usually you're talking about you it's a point in time like let's say you sit down for coffee you have a conversation that's a point in time but there's a story arc like mm-hmm. there is kind of um there's a whole story that surrounds that particular event or that thing that you're talking about. And one of the things that you mentioned was to be curious. So obviously this is the curious church podcast. And we talk about the two definitions. Beautiful. (laughs) Well, we talk about the two definitions, one of them being that curious in the sense of like odd or kind of weird or interesting, Mm -hmm. um, peculiar, peculiar, Mm -hmm. peculiar, peculiar, peculiar. You got it. Peculiar. (laughs) <laughs> I think I'm saying it wrong. Peculiar. 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 Anyways. And so the second definition is um, this idea of, of just being interested or being um, fascinated by something. And so you talked about yesterday about, I love this, you use this fr- phrase, playful inquisitiveness. <clears throat> and um, I just thought, you know, rarely do we offer people the gift of our playful inquisitiveness mm. i mean when's the last time someone asked you out for coffee and said i'd like to just hear your story for the next like 45 minutes i just want to hear about you i mean that that so rarely happens that in fact you said this. i'd yes. be suspicious if somebody <laughs> asked me that yeah you'd you be know? freaked out yeah. like okay <laughs> am, I, am i in trouble yeah, <laughs> yeah right. what's going on or right? what's the pitch at the end right <laughs> yeah what's the pitch at the end but you talked about like it's when we feel really heard by someone or someone shows a genuine interest in us like we remember those little snapshots in our lives because it happens so rarely that we really feel heard mm-hmm. or we real feel, we really feel like someone took an interest in our story you mentioned that we all like deep down we all want to be known by somebody mm-hmm. um so i've just been kind of thinking about that um as we've been talking i just wanted to circle back around to it for no reason well, if i could connect it to you maybe a little yeah. bit i think our desires to be fully known <clears throat> And when we're fully known, actually fully loved, that someone sees us for all that we are, right? <clears throat> our good and our bad, our brokenness and our beauty. And they're still willing to stay engaged and connected to us. I mean, this is what makes <clears throat> deep friendships so significant and meaningful is we finally get to a place in a relationship 
that we can talk about the realities of our life <clears throat> in a way that moves past, you know, the Florida Gators or <laughs> fans, even though they're really cool. Um, <laughs> or video games. Video games. Or comic books. You know, but we start moving, you start moving away from those things and more towards emotion and more towards meaning. And that's when you begin to find a real kind of genuine connection with one another. Yeah, and you said yesterday that when, when true empathy happens, our brains are healed. Mm -hmm. Can you say some more about that? Is yeah. that just something you made up or is that like, because <laughs> I like it. It sounds so good. I thought it sounded really cool. So I just went, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, they've done, they've done research on this. So they've done like, I'm sorry, a, what is the quote? I want to hear the quote. Well, again. there's no quote, but oh. Jay, Jay just mentioned that when we really feel heard and when there's empathy, yep. when we feel like someone understands us, there's something that happens in our brains. Like there's some healing that happens. Yep. So I'm going to geek out a little bit on this. Yeah, please do. Um, We're geeks. So this is kind of the neuroscience, like how your brains work. <clears throat> and they've done studies that show when you're able to sit down in the presence of a person and it feels spacious and open, meaning there's genuine curiosity. They're really willing to, to hear where you're at and to walk alongside with you in that moment. And a person can share their story it physiologically begins to heal parts of their brain, which I think is fascinating. That's amazing. So we can be kind of agents of healing for one another. Yeah. Well, think about it. Okay. So think about an experience that you've had, right? What's something really, you don't have to share what that experience is, <clears throat> but think about an experience in your life. <clears throat> that was a really difficult time. Maybe there's a lot of anxiety, right? Or maybe you're really angry and upset about something. Or maybe you're going through grief or loss and someone sits down and they really listen and kind of let you speak about that experience from all angles in reality. <clears throat> They're not trying to suppress your emotion. They're not trying to keep things off limits, <clears throat> but it's that space that you feel the freedom to say whatever it is that you need to say. And after you get it out, it doesn't mean that your situation has changed. <clears throat> but have you felt that sense of lightness from that? Mm -hmm. Like feels like things slow down a little bit. You feel a little bit more present. You feel a little bit more engaged. <clears throat> that, that's part of it right there. And so that's a, that's a little bit where like self-care comes in, right? Because we create that space for other people. And then you said something yesterday about how we're impacted by people sharing. So when people share their stories with us, we're affected by that. We, we somehow carry that in a way, not in an unhealthy way, but it's just a reality of you know, we go through struggles and we go through traumas and we go through hardships. We create space for other people to share those with us and we're not immune not to those all. stories. So yeah, the word compassion, it literally means to suffer with. <clears throat> and so there's an essence of <clears throat> you're not sympathy is kind of standing at a distance, right? I've been through something like that. So I kind of understand it. Empathy is I'm willing to put myself in your experience. And so to experience your sadness. So they're crying and you find that you, you start tearing up and crying with them. Um, they're grieving. You find yourself, you're able to walk alongside them, sit beside them <clears throat> and begin to grieve with them. And um, there's just something that's really powerful about moments like that, that do impact us. And so, <clears throat> you know, the best gift we give to someone isn't our advice. We don't really remember the advice that most people give us. Mm -hmm. Um, but we remember, we remember the moments of deep presence with someone, the handful of moments that we've had those in our life. And so the, the greatest gift that we give to people 
is our presence. And when we're not taking care of ourselves, there's not as much of us to give to them. Sometimes I say that I've told people that one of the greatest gifts you can ever give someone is the gift of yourself, which is really hard for us to believe that, <clears throat> that, that my, my very presence is the best thing that I can give someone, my wholehearted pre presence. Can we? I want to see if that works um, for my wife's birthday next year. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a question about this. I wonder if we can just get maybe a little practical and um, maybe even share from some of our experience would be helpful. Because I imagine there are people listening to this who are like, yeah, the idea of giving my presence sounds great and being a spacious person and listening to someone's story. But I know for me, I'm not good at those things. And if someone's sharing their stories, I'm the person who wants to run offer away. advice. Oh. No, not run away. I want to fix <clears throat> fix their issues. Mm. And so if you're sharing with me a story of like troubling doubts and struggles in your faith, my inclination is to want to shore that up because I recognize in some sense because that's uncomfortable for me. Yeah. Like, have you read this uh, book? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. This exactly. Like, oh, here's a library that you can go through to help with right. these three things that you seem to be dealing with. What, what would just be some practical things that you, Jay, or even... Uh, the others with us would say like here's places to start if it's hard for you to listen well or be present to someone or if you have these sorts of tendencies like I do so asking for a friend <laughs> part of the biggest thing and this is going to feel like a theme now but um, it's slowing down mm -hmm. and taking the time to really begin to reflect um, so we're people of story and so when we encounter someone and they, they bring a problem what feels like a problem of what's going on. Each one of us, if we were to slow down and say, how would I answer that question? How would I be with a person in that situation? We each have sort of a default drive that, <clears throat> that we would go to. Some people would be, all right, let's sit down, let's map it out, let's fix it, <clears throat> let's move on. Mm -hmm. Some people would feel, I don't know, I'm, I feel really helpless as well. And <clears throat> you know, they would not be really present in that way as well. Um, mm -hmm. So I think one of, one of the things to do is to <clears throat> really sit down and begin to examine, examine our life. Um, what are our natural responses to, to people, to situations, to how we handle our problems? Because how we handle our problems and see our problems are going to be sort of the quick, off-the-cuff thing that we begin to offer other people. And so I think part of it is to begin to reflect on your own story and go, okay, how have, and this gets in a little bit of like, you know, knowing your story, mm -hmm. but your upbringing, your family of origin, the people that have been significant, the people that have influenced you, how have they handled problems? How have they, <clears throat> what's been okay to share and not okay to share? What's been okay to, you know, if you grew up in a home that anger was not really allowed, right? And somebody sitting in front of you is really angry. That's going to be a very difficult moment for you because it's like, wait a minute, we didn't really practice that, <laughs> right? <laughs> so I think, you know, examining your own story and beginning to understand it more clearly which takes time, and it's going to stir up yeah. things in all of us. But that's part of self-care. Um, that's part of getting to know yourself um, and having friends that are willing to walk through that with you. So journaling would be a great thing. Looking back at old pictures would be great. Mm -hmm. um, paying attention to the moment when you meet with someone and just going, what am I feeling right now as I'm sitting down in Starbucks with someone? What am I feeling? Yeah. I'm anxious. I wonder what I'm anxious about. Mm -hmm. Just file it away. And I feel a, little, a bit angry. What am I angry about? File it away. 
Um, But to really begin to examine sort of your internal world would be, I think, a great place to start. It's really helpful, I think. It also just shows sort of how organically these things are related, right? Like these aren't separate categories of caring for others, caring for yourself, you know, chapter one, chapter two, and they're not related. Like they really tie together. One thing that you said that right then that I found super helpful is, oh, yeah, it's not it's not what you say to the person. Right. So the person who is trying to fix the issue may be just as disengaged as the, as the person who's, who says something like, oh, I don't know what to do and sitting them with them. Both those people might be disengaged with the person. I think for me, again, a solution oriented person, like I, I'm like thinking, OK, what do I say to that person? But actually, that's to already be misunderstanding what that encounter can look like. And it seems like some of that's fueled by anxiety. So because we have an unexamined story ourselves, Mm -hmm. that we feel anxious when someone has doubts because we haven't looked carefully at our own doubts. Exactly. Right. So if we've done our work of looking at our own doubts, then when someone else shares doubts, we don't feel anxious about that because like, oh, I have doubts too. Mm -hmm. Let's hear yours. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. And we can't always relate to everything in someone's story, but we can kind of create that spaciousness in ourselves that then extends to the person that we're listening to. Absolutely. I feel like I'm just laying on the couch right here. (laughs) (laughs) Jay, I think one thing that's helpful is, you know, like Matt was saying, maybe some of these skills come naturally. Maybe it's been modeled for us in our families on how to listen well, but a lot of us that hasn't been modeled very well, a lot of us feel pretty inept at listening. We know that we should be better at it. But one of the things that's really helpful is that we can actually grow in this. Like Absolutely. it's a skill. So some people, yeah, it comes naturally. But mm-hmm. for a lot of us, we just have to get, we just have to grow in it. And the way you do it is by doing it. Absolutely. Yeah, practice. Um, <clears throat> there's a couple of functional things you can do along the way. You know, <clears throat> I think when we begin to, to know someone, to really, we talked about this earlier, but to be curious. What does it look like for you to ask a question that you don't know the answer to? I think all too often we meet with people and we want to ask them a question or move their story in a certain direction. And we actually have a direction in the back of the mind that we want to take them. And what happens is that just circumvents really any curiosity of us getting to know them. It's about us at that point. And so how do we ask questions that we don't know the answer to? How do we ask um, open-ended questions? This would be a, a really tactical thing to begin to do. You know, closed questions are the yes and no. Do you like do you like spaghetti? Yes. Well, that's not going to move the ball down the field that far, right? Um, tell me about your experience with spaghetti. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> that's all podcast. <laughs> You're going to get a little bit more. Um, what do you like about fishing? What do you like about putt putt? You know, what do you what do you uh, what do you like about Superman? And what draws you to finding fans that really, you know, create something for your home? Like, right? <clears throat> because what happens is, yeah. When you begin to move in that direction, you hear more of the person's story and their interest and their curiosity and their desire. <clears throat> and then you begin to get to emotion, right, <clears throat> that you can explore with them. And then you get to meaning, why something means something so much to someone. <clears throat> and when you get to the, when you get to the part of meaning, <clears throat> that's when I think the magic begins to happen. Because when I know why something is meaningful to you, right? <clears throat> you've been able to open up and share enough about that, man, that lets me into your world. 
in a, in a really powerful way. And you can kind of get at meaning through the back door, right? But you could also be a little more direct about it and ask the question, why is that meaningful for you? Mm-hmm. Or like, why does that mean so much to you? And maybe they don't know. They might not. But it's still worth asking. And then you can be curious with them, mm. right? Because mm-hmm. when things are meaningful and important to us, and someone says, why is that meaningful to you? I don't know. Isn't there that part of you that goes, but I kind of do want to know, mm-hmm. right? What is it about this that does feel meaningful? There's a great conversation waiting to happen. Yeah. It seems like one of the key skills that anyone needs to develop is just curiosity. It's this, this endless, being endlessly curious about life, about God, about other people. It seems like if you can somehow cultivate that curiosity, you're probably, you're probably on good ground. So great job, listener. You're listening, listening to the right thing. <laughs> yeah. And one other thing, can I say one more thing about curiosity? Yeah. I think curiosity, in many ways, is the antithesis of fear in some ways. <clears throat> and so when we're curious, there's a real openness to hearing what the other person has to say, right? Um, to explore what it is that they want to explore. When it's about us, or when there's fear for us, fear really begins to close down curiosity. Anxiety begins to close down curiosity. I love that. We have our own doubts. Everyone has doubts, right? And to pretend like we don't, um, it's not helpful for us or the person that we're going to be, mm. be talking with. And it kind of comes back around also I'm, I'm noticing to the idea that you have to get, if you're curious about something or about someone, there's, there's not any room for you to be thinking about yourself at that point. I know we're talking about self-care a little bit and stuff too, but I, I'm trying to I'm trying to embrace this idea of um, just getting over my own stuff because if I'm going to be curious about somebody else, if I'm going to care for somebody else, I have to sort of step okay. over um, step over myself. I, yeah, let's talk about that for a minute because that's I that's a that's usually where the conversation begins to go. Where for me to be curious about someone else, it means I need to check myself at the door, mm-hmm. right? And um, I think we actually need to to not check ourselves at the door. Um, I think part of being present with someone and being curious with them is to go, I realize that they're gonna say things or I'm gonna experience them in a way that actually are gonna pull things up from from my story, right? Mm. They're gonna say a phrase, they're gonna tell a story, they're gonna give a look. They might, mm. they might not even know what they've just done, but internally we begin to feel something around that. And so I think Curiosity is, is listening to ourself and what gets stirred up and it's listening, listening well to the other person. And the things that get stirred up for us, be able to go, I don't think this is about them. I think this is about me. And then making time at some point to really explore that with someone. It seems like the key is, you know, how do we appropriately get in the way? Right. A lot of times we think that we have to like get out of the way mm-hmm. and make room for someone else, mm-hmm. but we actually never quite get out of the way. Like it's actually impossible. And even is. that phrase, like I need to <laughs> let God and I need to just get out of the way. But actually the the better response is how do I get in the way appropriately? Because God doesn't say get out of my way. <laughs> he says, I want to use you. So yeah. it really becomes an issue of like how do when we're listening to someone's story, mm-hmm. how do we appropriately kind of invest ourselves in that dynamic where there's a conduit kind of flowing back and forth because we can obviously get in the way where we stop that flowing back and forth. Absolutely. There's really a beautiful mutuality to this, right? 
that um, we often think of care as kind of something that you give uh, and kind of on a one-way track almost. And I think there's some truth to that. Like there is care that is given and we can give care. But curiosity and bringing that into this conversation really opens up the mutuality of, just like you were saying, Jay, it raises stuff in ourselves that we can then be curious by ourselves. We can be curious with that person. And that, that's a really, I think, beautiful image of what moving away from fear and anxiety in these relationships can do for us. Well, Jay, it's been a real pleasure having you with us. Thank you. I know you're tired after a long weekend, but it's been really good. It's been great to be with you all. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Jay. Thanks, Jay. Thanks, Jay. All right. We're going to do a new segment. It's called My Two Cents. Wait, I have to do a new jingle again. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you do. Okay. But you can find a way just to do some like a cymbal crash or something. <laughs> like really simple. Uh, like a cha-ching. Cha-ching. Yeah. My Two, my two cents. cents. Like pennies dropping or something. But the whole idea is that we, um, so, so each one of us, Matt, Aaron, and I, we put in to- random topics into a basket. Mm-hmm. We're each going to draw one. I have no idea what Aaron's done. I have no idea what Matt's put in there. They have no idea what I put in there, but we're all going to draw one out and we're going to give our two cents on whatever topic we pull. I love it. Initial reaction we're talking yeah, about. This yeah. This is like hot takes. The hottest of okay. the hot yeah. takes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Aaron's drawing Come on, the first Aaron. one. Okay. Mine is decaf coffee. Decaf coffee. What's what's the point? The only circumstance I understand if you maybe really just enjoy something like later at night. Okay, maybe. But again, the main purpose is a vehicle for your caffeine. So don't do it. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, Well, you know. It could be good if you love coffee and then it's nighttime and the caffeine affects you, but you kind of love the taste, then yeah. decaf coffee might be an option. I think Aaron and I are both disputing that that's a, that's a real scenario. All right, here we go. Hiking. Hiking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get you use it in a sentence. Two cents. Let, everyone give your two cents about it. Hiking. It's great. Love it. Don't do it. <laughs> Uh, I would have to agree. Like, I don't really hike, but I have really warm feelings around it. Very, like, you know, applying our earlier conversation. How am I feeling right now? Feeling warm, like, kind of encouraged, Mm -hmm. happy, Mm -hmm. but can't tell you the last time I hiked. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I like it. I like the gear kind of surrounding hiking, like, I don't know, gadgets and. What about, like, the sticks? Like, the. Yeah, the sticks and the poles and a staff and the boots and the shoelaces and whatever else. Hiking doesn't come at you. It's something you have to seek out and make a thing, like, make a plan to go do it, I think. Yeah. I I knew a friend who who didn't not. He didn't see the point of walking up a mountain. Hmm. It was like his decaf coffee. (laughs) (laughs) See, I I definitely understand the point of walking. I, I I did do an urban hike. That's what I called it when I lived in Vancouver, where I just decided I was going to walk across the city one day, taking various streets and whatnot. That was pretty rewarding, uh, but I haven't done much hiking. (laughs) Yeah, this friend of mine, every time he goes camping with people, you know, there's always enthusiastic people in the group who are like, let's go on a four-hour hike. And he's just like, "Um, I don't want to. But he always goes because of the peer pressure, and he's camping, but he doesn't like it. Is this, is this like when you say this is a friend? Is, is this you saying? 
<laughs> uh, no, no, actually, it's a real friend of mine. Oh. Aaron, what's your two cents? Uh, we, I did some hiking. My wife and I did hiking a lot when we were first married. And we actually talked about this distinction between hiking and walking. So we'd be like, okay, now we're walking. Oh, no, this might be hiking. So we had like <laughs> oh, some, we oh, had really? some parameters. I don't remember what they are, but um, I think hiking is more rewarding when there's a destination that's like, yeah, um, that you're looking forward like to. A it's lake like, or a it's usually top of a mountain or, or a lake, right? Where you're going to be out of the way of people. And, uh, okay, here we go. Okay, last one. Oh, well, we're going to do all of them, actually. Then we'll take the best. Okay. <laughs> this, this one's daylight savings time. Ah! Wow, strong. Ah! Daylight savings there time. Mi- there might be three cents. Ugh. There's Aaron. why Aaron. every time this comes, every time this comes around, we there's an article about why day, where daylight savings come from. Why do we do it? And we should just stop. It's the same thing with the electoral college. We should get rid of the electoral college and daylight savings. Straight up popular vote. Yeah, straight up and straight up sun. Straight up time. Time and popular vote. All right, I'll be, I'll be the dissenting voice. I like it. I have no problem. But you with don't it. really. What though? about in the you spring? don't really like it though. Around the spring, so I mean, I I like having my daylight doctored regularly <laughs> in the seasons. Like right now, really nice that it's going to be a little bit lighter in the mornings for a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. I like that. But so dark at Let's night. Let me get up. Oh, I I actually really like the dark at night. I think you should just leave time alone. Yeah, really. We're like messing with it. Yeah, just leave it alone. Yeah, whatever it. time it is, and it's time years. it is. That's how much light there, there is. is. Get used to it. Leap years. You want to get rid of leap years too? That <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's get rid of those. Calendar. Let's get rid of calendars. Oh my gosh, you guys! How would we, we could never record another podcast? <laughs> yes, we could. No, when when do you say we're going to record? Uh, hand signals. Yeah. Like just smoke signals. Moon, moon cycles. <laughs> when you see you see three puffs of smoke. It's time to record. Come to the church. It's time to record. Also, there's a new pope. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm more favorable. That's my two cents. Okay, so I'm with Aaron on this one. Uh, let's do away. Let's not mess with Father Time. Don't mess up his hair. All right, our our next one. Christmas music before Thanksgiving. This is mine. Uh, I'm very conflicted about this, but I'm always going to go all in on Christmas music it, year round. But the I question think. is when? Yeah. Oh, all year, 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 round? year round? I'm, no. I'm all in. I recognize that there's some problems like when you're talking about the church calendar and even Christmas music should probably be reserved to just 12 days of the year because Advent's more a time of longing. <laughs> but I'm just it's owning my hypocrisy. A lot like I, Advent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm owning my hypocrisy. I'm saying... Jolly old Saint Nick, come into my house any time of year. Dream wow. Of a white Advent. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have to go. You know, I uh, I used to listen to Christmas music starting in November, but I've you know I've known some people who are very adamant about Christmas music starts December first or day after Thanksgiving. The day after Thanksgiving. So you know, here's what I say. Okay. Was Thanksgiving there for the first Christmas? No. Did they have Christmas music? <laughs> Absolutely. The angels, did, the angels were singing. So <laughs> that was no the first one was following song. any rules that time. So I don't know. Thanksgiving's arbitrary date. Well, yeah. Let's do Christmas music a little like after Thanksgiving. I think that's I think that's ideal. I think things need their seasons, right? Yeah. So it's like, it's like it's like Christmas bleeding 
everywhere. I agree. Like joy, celebrating Christ's birth. Let's keep that to just a really small amount of time. Here, <laughs> no, that was so cynical. That was so. Here's a counterpoint, though. I love eggnog, and I used to have self-impose. Uh, only, I could only eat an eggnog. Oh. Like in December or whatever, I don't know what it was. Uh, but then eggnog starts showing up in stores earlier, yeah. and I think, no, I gotta wait. No. It's not time yet. But then I also thought, now that I'm older, life is short. I love eggnog. <laughs> I'm just gonna get it whenever I life can get is it. short. Drink nog. Yes, uh, nog it up. That should be a bumper sticker. Okay, next one. Last one. Last one. What's that? Oh, did you both write this wow. one down? What does it say? It's the same one. Christmas music starting Christmas in November. Oh! November. Let's talk about it again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first of all, eggnog is disgusting. It's for trolls. And I want to know what, it's kind like of, troll what kind brew. of eggnog are you having that you have to say, I eat eggnog? <laughs> did I say I eat eggnog? <laughs> it's that thick. I don't like, think so I did. It's so thick. It takes a bit of chewing. I don't think I said eat it. eggnog, but there's <laughs> really no way to Listen know. To you know the what? There's definitely <laughs> chewing. <laughs> well okay my that's that was my two cents i hope you liked it i like it but it's not it's not i like it though (laughs) it's not i like it it's my two cents (laughs) that's a different segment anyway so um thanks for joining us again another podcast curious church podcast matt where can you find us oh you can find us online at grantsprings.org slash curious church we're also in itunes that's a great place to go you can subscribe there hey if you are aware of how to do this and would like to leaving a review a really really positive review helps other people find the show and uh, be curious with us or if you don't feel like typing stuff out you can just do the five stars right just that's great too five star yeah. it away we'll take yeah. five stars we won't happily yeah we'll four. take four we'll take four we're not as happy about that <laughs> three three just keep it to yourself <laughs> yeah, just keep it to yourself we don't want to know just, un- just quietly unsubscribe. <laughs> yep. So iTunes is a place to go. If you have feedback, want us to talk about something, you're curious about something and want to hear some more about it, curiouschurch at granitesprings.org is our email. Happy to field some questions there. All right. So thanks for being with us. I'm Sam. I'm Matt. I'm Aaron. And thanks for being curious with us. Mm-hmm.